in the typical self-funded healthcare plan, we're going to save the employee 70%. And this is, you know, across the board, depending on what the copay, what their arrangement is, and we'll save the employer 60% on the imaging spend. And that ends up being about 10% of the total spend in that healthcare plan. This is the Solving Healthcare episode where we are interviewing Dr. Kristen Dickerson, founder of Green Imaging. Uh, welcome to the show, Kristen. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> You're very welcome. So, Kristen, if you wouldn't mind, can you tell us a little bit about you as an individual? I know you, you are a practicing radiologist, but could you give us a little hint on your background in terms of how and why you chose radiology and how and why you are where you are right now? Okay. How and why I chose radiology. Wow, that, that goes back. I mm-hmm. had um, finished my clinical rotations in medical school and still had not, the major clinical rotations you do, medicine, surgery, OB-GYN, still had not settled on a specialty. So in your fourth year, you start taking electives and looking at, at other specialties. And the first one I did was radiology. And I walked in the first day and it just it all made sense to me. It was the diagnostic part of medicine, and it was the puzzle, putting the puzzle pieces together. It was also, I like to write and read, and so the reporting piece of it, putting my thoughts and what I was seeing on the images into prose and into something that was meaningful to the referring physician just all made sense, and there was no turning back at that point. So I've always been a passionate radiologist. I love what I do. Um, that said, the, the irony is that my first job was with a multi-specialty group, and, and I'm still with a multi-specialty group. And my thought okay. there was that I never wanted to have to do the business of medicine. I just wanted to go practice radiology. What did that mean in your world, that you literally just show up every day and only do the radiology interpretation and, I guess, the doctoring part of what you do? Absolutely. And somebody would just hand me a, a paycheck. There's a lot of irony there. And I would just go on my way and not have to worry with the business end. Okay. And then what actually happened? (laughs) We had a new office manager. I was at Diagnostic Clinic of Houston, which was a 50-doctor group at that time. And the new business manager brought in a box of what we called yellow tickets. And they were how we got paid for our hospital work. And so, you know, we were on call nights and weekends from the hospital. I had young kids. You know, this was the time that took me away from my family. And she showed me that the hospital was giving us so little demographic information that we weren't able to build. And it was literally millions of dollars of yellow tickets there that we just weren't even able to bill out. And that started my career in the business of medicine. They brought you boxes of yellow tickets. And that was just uncaptured revenue. And and all my hard work on the nights and weekends. Yeah, 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 yeah. My family. So, yeah, that changed my outlook on the business of medicine. Wow. Was that stuff you had to try to recover or you just have to let it go? No, we we eventually recovered some of it. And I think at about age, gosh, I must have been about 35. I was president of that clinic. I was president of that clinic for a few years. I really, I became passionate about making sure that doctors, uh, you know, were paid fairly for what they were, the hard work they were doing. Okay. And so uh, how, how is that important to what you do now? Well, it was really my MBA. I had great staff around me. It was a, it was a 300 employee uh, facility. 
And I've learned from some really smart people about really how to do the business of medicine and what was entailed. It was also my launch into free market medicine because we were creative enough to, we were on a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan. We were employers, self-funded employers. It was about a 360 life group. And we were on a, had a Blue Cross Blue Shield TPA for that plan. But we learned very quickly that we could hold down our overall, how we looked to Blue Cross Blue Shield and what our renewals looked like by taking a lot of our care outside of that healthcare plan. And so we set up a, I'm sure it was a plan amendment with ourselves being a preferred provider. And so if our employees used uh, diagnostic clinics facilities, rather than going down the hall to Methodist or, you know, wherever their doctor sent them, they had zero out of pocket and no deductible applied toward the care. If they went down the hall, they were subject to their copay and deductible. And so a, a large percentage of our care actually happened in our own facility, and we were able to hold down our cost of healthcare dramatically. Wow. So when you talk about free market, uh, just for the audience that isn't familiar with that, I believe it's just exactly what you said. Is One, we're not going to just use the boilerplate, whatever Blue Cross or whatever carrier you're working with. We're going to use alternatives that will be lower cost to the plan, thus will incentivize our employees to use it. Is, is that correct or was there something else? That's absolutely correct. It removes a lot of the layers of bureaucracy from the care. It's more direct between yeah. the um, individual and the provider. And you have a unique perspective and position as a provider and an employer. So in this case, could you tell us why not going down the hall as an employer is important to you? In the, for several reasons. Um, number one is cost. The down the hall is typically three times greater than that in an independent provider's office. So if you see an independent doctor versus a hospital employed doctor, your cost of care all the way through the healthcare experience is about three times greater in the hospital setting than in the um, independent setting. A lot of times, hospital settings are actually disguised as independent settings. They're actually joint ventures between a hospital and a physician group. That's not so much in Houston, but across the country, that's pretty typical. It might say so-and-so imaging center, let's just make something up, a Westbury Imaging Center, but it has nothing to do with the hospital in the name, but actually the billing piece of it is going to be performed by the hospital and will be three times higher than that in an independent imaging center or in any kind of in ASC or whatever the outpatient setting is. And right. one of the things that is so expensive, really, if I look at, if somebody asked me to water it down to why American healthcare is so expensive, it's that really 90% of care should happen in outside of hospital. 10% of care is probably appropriate for hospitals. But right now in this country, 70% of care gets handled in a hospital type setting or a hospital billing setting. And that's because 70% of American doctors are now employed or subsidized by hospital systems. And as it's coming out in the news now, they have quotas, they have referral quotas. They, you know, they're, what they get paid is based on what they bring into the hospital system. And so that horribly distorts what we pay for healthcare in the United States. Agreed totally. And I, I was just reading a couple of articles this morning and I was talking about the massive consolidation or it's either acquisition or partnership. So hospital systems acquiring medical practices or physician practices or 
are closely aligning. And there was a stat talking about cancer care being 60% higher when it's associated or affiliated with a hospital system versus receiving care through an independent physician. And even Medicare had a, had a quote that if you look at four conditions, the top four conditions, they're equating roughly $3 trillion. It can't be that much, but a lot of the increase that Medicare experienced from last year to this year was simply due to the massive consolidation of healthcare providers into hospital systems. And so clearly understand and believe what you're saying, but you, you get it from the inside because you see it as a, as a practicing radiologist as well as an employer. So that's, thank you for sharing that. Was there anything else you want to, you want to say about that? Well, I'd say I, I think it's even higher than that. In cancer care, some of it has like radiation therapy. There are very mm-hmm. few places that you can have that piece done outside of a hospital. I do know of a few independent centers, but it's, it's mostly in a hospital. So a lot of that care ends up in the hospital. So I think the savings are less when you see an independent doctor, certainly for chemotherapy and, you know, the outpatient, the, the oncology visits and the imaging, they're, they're huge savings. But I would say across the board, the savings are greater than that. We're seeing published like 2.5 times greater. But in, say, in Pittsburgh, where 90% of care is in the hospital systems and is in two dominant hospital systems, I think it's nine times Medicare is the average what's paid in a self-funded health care plan. In Boston, it's dramatically higher. And in uh, Portland, Oregon, even the, con- the doctors have been actually very proactive there in keeping their contracted rates up with the insurance companies. And even their contracted rates are several times Medicare. Whereas the comparison is here in Houston, it's going to be closer to Medicare for the contracted rates for independent doctors. Right. I understand. So with that being said, I think we've done a pretty good job of quantifying the fact that there's a big problem and a disconnect. Well, I wouldn't call it a disconnect. The problem, I think, is the connection, right? And that if everything happens in a hospital system, you're going to pay more. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. And so now let's talk about green imaging and what problem you try to solve or what problem you're solving uh, within the healthcare space. Okay. Um, we, the, the initial problem we saw when we founded Green Imaging almost uh, eight, eight, nine years ago was that we had a 21% uninsured rate here in Houston. And wow. um, there was little access to care. You know, the hospital, if you had a green card with the Harris County Hospital System, you know, you waited months to get care. And, you know, some of these people are willing to pay cash for exams. And so I called around. I had somebody who needed care. And so I called around to the imaging centers. And the cash rates that I was getting at that point in time were set really for the patients that we had coming in from internationally to get care in Houston. And they were exorbitant cash rates. They were 10 times Medicare. And it was really almost impossible to get a fair cash pay rate for imaging in Houston at that point in time. So I got the idea, well, initially I was going to open an imaging center and take care of those people. And the more I looked into that and the larger my pro forma got, it was really going to be, I was going to end up having to charge, you know, very high rates to cover that. And so I watched a Travelocity uh, advertisement on TV and suddenly a light bulb went out and I got the idea of, I was already reading for independent imaging centers around Houston. And so I got the idea of taking their access capacity 
and trying to buy that at a discount and offering the savings on to cash pay patients. And so that's how Green Imaging was founded. Having been a self-funded employer, I always saw the opportunity for employers to hold down their imaging costs by using my network. And really that has come to fruition. It really, it, I think employer-funded healthcare started becoming unsustainable for mid, mid-sized, small and mid-sized companies over the last few years. And so they have become very excited about using green imaging and implementing green imaging's network to hold down their costs. Do you have a travel gnome as well? So you no, have a travel yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess the aha moment was recognizing that a typical radiologist will have what, what capacity? A, a typical radiology facility has, is operating at about 50% capacity. Okay, so the genius of your operation is use capacity where it exists without having to essentially create any brick and mortar. That's the green part of green imaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for that. So I guess walk me through why that's, I know why it's important, but give give me an understanding because I know you publish your prices online and at this point, I believe you have national coverage, but g- give me an example as to why that is profound in the delivery of services and why people should choose to go through you first. Okay. Well, number one, we shop for care. We think we're better at shopping for care than the average consumer because we're radiologists. We understand right. what, what quality means in an imaging center. One of the most important features is customer service. When somebody walks into that imaging center, do they feel, you know, is, do they feel like they're going to be taken care of? Uh, it can be a great facility, and we see this all the time in the hospital setting. Beautiful, you know, state-of-the-art equipment, shiny floors, but people feel like they're a number and not taken care of. So customer service is a, is a huge piece of it. But we know how to look at the equipment, and great equipment can still produce crummy images. So it's really the protocols and how the technician operates the machine. Those are huge factors. The other piece of it that people don't understand is that radi- the radiologist matters. And, you know, radiologists across the board are really pretty good doctors. They're usually top of their class in medical school. So it's not that they're not smart people. It's frequently how they convey their findings, how actively they look at clinical information and correlate the relevance of their findings with the clinical information and how they communicate with other doctors. And we haven't stepped into the DPC, direct primary care arena yet, but we really consider ourselves direct care radiologists. In Texas, we actually read most of the studies that are performed here. And nationally, we we could scale that. And so we're looking for like-minded radiologists who have imaging centers, you know, to make up our network. That gets rid of a lot of the middlemen but it also puts that hands-on part there that we can provide direct care. If a doctor, the doctors I work with have my cell phone number. They text me all day long and say, Mrs. So-and-so has this, what do I order? And so we get down to the specifics. Does she need contrast? Is MRI or CT better? It could a nuclear medicine scan or a PET CT uh, fit in here. And what the cost savings are, what, you know, what the relative cost of those exams is, you know, an ultrasound might be cheaper, but if it's negative, we're still going to need to do the CT or the PET CT. So there are a lot of factors that go in there in, in optimizing the imaging exam. And so we pride ourselves in, in being not just doctors who hold down costs and provide good reports, but also providing direct care, getting back into the 
arena. And that's really having been in the multi-specialty group where I have my referring physicians down the hall, you know, coming down and discussing cases with me. That's really part of my passion for what I do. Well, so give give us give me an example. I mean, I know I know we have a couple because we have a few customers in common. But give me an example where if somebody would have gone down the hall to a, a local hospital system, your fee typically includes the cost of the imaging plus the radiology interpretation. Right. So can you walk me through a couple of examples of understanding that clinically we just talked about why it's important, but from a pricing perspective, can you walk us through that? Yeah, I'll give you a great example. My partner in green imaging was, and his, he, he's a radiologist, his wife's a nurse practitioner. And they went to see their pediatrician who they've been seeing for years. The only indication that their pediatrician is associated with a hospital system was a little cardboard piece on the desk as they checked in. The child had fallen off the merry-go-round, had a hurt wrist, and the pediatrician said, why don't you just send him down the hall and get one view of the extremity just to make sure that it's not broken. And so, you know, she knew that our x-rays are $50, but she thought, okay, you know, we just, uh, I've already taken off work. I need to run down the hall to get this x-ray done. It won't cost that much. She went down the hall to the Texas Children's Facility, and the bill was $693 for that one view, and that did not include the interpretation. So that's a dramatic example. I, you know, and once again, I think we need flagship hospitals. I'm not anti-hospital. I'm anti-care being handled in hospital systems that doesn't belong there. And a one-view x-ray does not belong in a hospital system. There are examples, I would say, the contracted rates with Blue Cross Blue Shield um, in Houston for an MRI, a non-contrast MRI, are at Methodist $1,600, Memorial Harmon $1,300. And uh, we have facilities in Houston that will do that same exam, varying from $250 to $450. We have about 45 facilities around Houston that will do those exams. That, and, you know, that case in point is we had our client in common had that exact same example where they just demanded to go to XYZ hospital system. And it took a lot of nurturing to convince the person that the radiologist at that hospital is going to be different every time. And the machine that that hospital has is not unique to that hospital. And so in terms of educating consumers, what, what challenges do you see that you have in terms of getting people away from the mindset that they have to go to a hospital or within a hospital system? Well, I, I think that um, it, it's very difficult for people not to take the instruction of their doctor. If they truly have a doctor that they have a relationship with, it's very difficult to say, no, I am going to go shop for this care. Um, one of the features in, in, in the newer healthcare plans where patients are incentivized financially, although they are frequently in, in any high deductible healthcare plan, but if they have zero out of pocket, if they go to one of the green imaging facilities, that's a really easy sell to their doctor. You know, that's, no, I'm going to have this 100% paid for if I go somewhere else. There's really no argument the doctor can make. A lot of times if they say, uh, I'm going to go shop for this, the doctor will convince them that there's something unique about that hospital system and that MRI machine. And again, like you said, 
there's nothing unique about a hospital MRI machine as compared to an outpatient imaging center MRI machine. Right, and right. frequently it's the same radiologist reading in the inpatient and outpatient set in the hospital and non-hospital setting. And so with that in mind, you talk about the incentivizing using a smart shopper option or the free, it's not free, right? But it is the free to you, to the employees, but typically that has a multiple savings impact on the plan. And so I guess with, with uh, that in mind, uh, using the incentive portion, can you walk through how you typically work with insurance companies or employers? Because I, I presume it would be difficult to get Blue Cross or any carrier to pay you at 100%. So could you, could you talk a little bit about how you work with employers? Sure. I can work with employers in a lot of ways. If they have a typical high deductible healthcare plan, one option is that they just hand out green imaging cards on an educational basis and say, gosh, you know, if you go down the hall at Memorial Hermann or Methodist, this is how, you know, this is how much your MRI is going to be. If you go to green imaging, you're going to be paying 250 to 450. That's, that's easy. But most employers want to quantify um, savings. Most employers want to look at you know, and, and how much they're saving and, and how they go, you know, is it worth it for me to take the next step with this kind of plan? And there are a number of ways to do that. Um, we, it can be a bolt-on plan to a traditional insurance, self-funded insurance plan. It can, you know, like vision or dental. It can simply be a bolt-on plan that stands alone. We have a country club here in Houston that's doing that because they really, they feel like they have a high deductible healthcare plan. Their employees are very active. Um, they have active jobs, and they feel like they're not getting the care they need because of the frequently the cost of the imaging exam. And so they're going to offer the imaging, the $25 copay, you know, gets you the imaging you need as an employee. And um, it also can be a plan amendment. There's no reason for an employer to wait around until next year to implement brain imaging. It can be a plan amendment that offers us up as a preferred provider for the plan. And um, in that setting, once again, I've had people, you know, have, there are quite a few companies that have a zero out of pocket, you know, and, and that's a high incentive. There are even plans that will incentivize the patient by sharing the savings if they go to a company like Green Imaging. But typically there's a, a small copay. That, that's what I see most often. And it would be in the 25 to $50 range. I actually have one plan that put in a $350 copay, and uh, that has not worked so well because people think <laughs> people think that they're going to be charged $350 for that mammogram. That's actually not the situation. They're still going to save um, because the mammogram is going to cost a lot less than $350 with us if they went, you know, so say our mammogram is $150, $175. If they go to the hospital, it's going to be $450 they're going to be paying much more for that mammogram in the hospital system. Uh, they don't really understand the way that copay works. But um, th that has been the least successful or the only really unsuccessful situation we've had with an employer. But, you know, plan design is huge. And so now we, you know, we ask to approve the plan design because we go to a lot of energy to set up an employer and educate employees about what we offer. There's a lot of expense there, and it, it's no good if the plan, you know, if it doesn't work. Oh, yeah, I understand totally. So in terms of working with a self-funded plan, 
obviously you can go direct using it as a, I'm assuming you would bill an employer directly for services if they wanted to do that. Is that correct? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. And, but, it, but also working within the plan itself, I suspect it would be a lot easier to with a, the right third party administrator versus a traditional BUCA plan. Is that yes. correct? And, and that's correct. And even if the company is working with a traditional BUCA plan, we have a third party administrator that will handle the direct contracting outside of that. Okay. So you can basically have parallel plans going. We don't, you know, one of the ways we save money is not doing traditional HICFA 1500 claim forms. Mm-hmm. We do a simple invoicing system, and th- that's going to save 5% of the overhead for both us and the employer right there. Yeah, I understand. And, you know, the, the fact that you publish your, the range of pricing, but you publish your pricing online, in terms of the rationale behind that, uh, one of the things I, I mean, obviously it's one to just make sure people know with some degree of certainty what the range of costs will be, but why do you publish your fees online? I think it educates uh, the consumer. I strongly believe that, you know, hospital systems who hide behind their charge master rates and um, even with the hospital transparency bill, the format in which they offer up that pricing is almost impossible for anyone to discern the true pricing. It's very important ethically for us to put that out there. I will say that in imaging, it's a little bit difficult because, and even I think for the surgeons like Texas Free Market Surgery who are doing this, um, patients don't always know exactly the exam that they need. And so, you know, somebody may ask me, you know, what the price is on our MRI. I'll give them a price range, but what they really need is an MR arthrogram that has a joint injection, it requires a radiologist to inject contrast into the joint itself, the much more complicated procedure. And so we do publish a range of prices and we also offer up, you can do an inquiry, an online inquiry and get, upload your order and we can be very specific about the pricing. Add, you know, add your zip code in and we can tell you in that region, this, this exam is gonna cost this. And the other thing is about 40% of imaging errors or either uh, imaging orders are either incorrect or wrong. And so my staff, our concierge staff is very educated about these are the things that might go wrong with an imaging order and they know how to go back to the doctor and get the correct information. And so that's one of the services we offer. I, I, you don't get that with a traditional you know, imaging. I was just gonna say though, but in terms of, do you have any measurable impact or measurable outcome for how that how that going back to the doctor, does that mean less exposure to radiation or how is that or why is that important? You mean as far as oh, going back to the doctor? Yes, sometimes there is an exam we can do that's less radiation. Frequently there's an exam that we can do that you know might be less invasive, might not require contrast. And okay. also if the wrong exam is done, the diagnostic, you've paid for an exam that you didn't need and you're still going to need another exam. So there's a measurable outcome there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just more of a, I figured you would know the why, maybe not be able to quantify the dollar amount, but it's a common sense thing. If you have, if you take fewer tests, one, it's safer, two, it's going to be lower cost in the long run. Absolutely. And, and you know, I can quantify some savings with us. Um, I can say that, you know, in the typical self-funded healthcare plan, we're going to save the employee 
70%. And this is, you know, across the board, depending on what the copay, what the arrangement is, and we'll save the employer 60% on the imaging spend. And that ends up being about 10% of the total spend in that healthcare plan. Wow, that's amazing. So, so um, just taking us as a first step sometimes. You know, sometimes employers are, you know, I want to keep my Blue Cross Blue Shield plan. My employees will be very upset if they don't have it. You know, just offering this as an alternative is a good first step. Oh, yeah, but also what well, I didn't, and I didn't realize the advocacy part and the fact that you pay your folks to think using their God-given talents plus the, the training they've had as professionals to, to either gently go back to the prescribing or referring doctor and get clarity. And I don't, I think that's, and you tell me if that's a foreign thing in your line of work. It's not a hundred percent foreign, but I think we go the extra mile with it. Okay. So walk me through like, uh, so in dealing with a traditional healthcare hospital system where they say go down the hall, are you getting any resistance to do the imaging and the interpretation from the prescribing doctors or, or how does that work in your world? You know, we're really not. We're seeing less pushback these days. And in fact, we've been getting quite a number. Um, one of the Methodist hospital scheduling uh, imaging centers is sending us, there's so many patients who can't afford the imaging exam. And in the old days, right. they just walked away just through word of mouth. You know, actually, I was on a consumer, health consumer TV broadcast recently. And by word of mouth, people know about green imaging now. And so we're seeing actually from those hospital systems, the patients who can't afford the exam there are being referred our way. And that, that's, that's a breath of fresh air. And I know we recently received a few orders from MD Anderson in the old days told patients they would lose their medical record number with MD Anderson if they went outside the system. I think there's been a lot of pushback to that. And actually we've been receiving, we get quite a few international patients who just cannot afford the cost of the imaging exams in that setting for coming our way. And they're really making it easy for us. Yeah, I, we had a hospital system in Austin that actually sent us a prepaid FedEx envelope to send the CDs and reports across. So I think as employers are incentivizing patients to use outpatient imaging, the hospitals are having to make it easier to accommodate that. Yeah, no, what I'll tell you on the plan sponsor side is there's a, a lot of consideration in various areas for carving out functions. Like you can carve out specialty meds now, and there's a few third-party vendors that do a tremendously beautiful job of not only carving out from the PBM, but also within the hospital system when it's safe to do so. And so this could be another extension of saying, hey, we're just going to carve this out and so being able to direct traffic within the plan document as well. I don't think we're there yet, but certainly that is something that could happen with your service. It is. And, you know, and going back to that, you know, about 10% of care really does belong in the hospital system. I know, I think there's a wonderful market for pediatric sedation with for imaging uh, here in Houston. I even had a pediatric anesthesiologist willing to set that up, but the cost was really prohibitive in the outpatient imaging that are, you know, they're, they're not set up to do that. And so, you know, that's one of the, the places where I think people have to go to the hospital. You know, anything, we're going to be intellectually honest. We don't want to take on any risk or do anything that's not right, uh, that doesn't belong in the outpatient world. 
So 10% of the time we tell people you need to go to the hospital to have this done, unfortunately. And we tell them to try to negotiate, you know, that's easier said than done. But, um, you know, to try to work with the hospital and setting up in a, you know, a reasonable rate. Oh yeah, I understand totally. But, but at the end of the day, having you on the plant sponsor side and the employee side saying, Hey, look, we got you have to get the care you need, but we're going to preserve and treat your plan dollars or the money out of your pocket like it's ours. And so, if you got to go to the hospital, you got to go, but understand it's because we believe that's the safest place for you. To add to that, actually, I am contracting with a hospital that has a number of ERs that are actually considered departments of the hospital, and we're going to be able to provide evening and weekend CT and x ray coverage. And I think that's going to decrease hospital admission. I think if a direct primary care doctor or another primary care doctor just wants to exclude that this patient has pneumonia or appendicitis, they're going to be able to schedule online with us. I think this is about three months down the road. Schedule that exam online, walk in to the facility, get the exam, walk out with a CD and a report from that exam. And I think that's going to also be something that's going to tremendously hold down costs because that's not just the cost of the imaging, that's the cost of the ER care as well. Did I hear you right? You're, you're going to be working with primary care doctors when there's an emergent situation or you're working with emergency rooms sending you, their patients to you? Um, no, we are going to be the primary care doctors who need uh, an emergent imaging study on the weekend are going to be able to send to these ERs and have the exam at a contracted rate. It's a little higher than our typical rate, but it's still much, much, much more cost-effective than sending the patient to the ER to be evaluated and have that imaging exam. Okay, and then you're controlling the pricing, right? Correct. Okay, cool. Okay, so I was just gonna say, we talked about concierge service. So I wanna cover a a couple more points. One, uh, how do you make money? And then two, where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? So let's, which one would you like to start with? In Texas, um, our traditional model was, what happens usually in an imaging center is the imaging center bills globally, unlike hospitals. They bill for both the scan itself and the interpretation of that scan, and they pay the radiologist. We do the opposite. We buy the scan from the imaging center and we bill for both the interpretation and the scan. So we bill globally. And so we're making money off the interpretation in that setting. And in the setting of where we've scaled this nationally, we have what we, we take a lower markup on lower cost exams. We don't want to drive up the cost of an x ray or a mammogram, you know, above what it should be. But we have such huge savings on the higher end exams that, you know, we're able to mark those up a little more. But our traditional, I think our average markup is about 20%, a transparent 20% to cover. And, and so there, there are set markups we plug in. We are, we are, let the imaging center set their own rates. They're certainly market-based. And then we do a transparent markup from that. And so the imaging centers that want a lot of volume are going to set their pricing lower. The ones who are nearer capacity may set their prices higher or in the ones, you know, in a, in a higher cost marketplace like, say, Boston, where they're competing with the children's hospitals, the children's hospital and Mass General, they are going to, you know, have a higher base price. So that, that's how we make our money. And then, I'm sorry, the second question was? 
where are you now in terms of a national scope and where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? Well, we've built out our network to, uh, I think it was as of yesterday, 840 centers. And um, it's about 38 states last time I looked. Right now, our, our risk carrier will not let us go into New York. And so we did not have plans on being there. I'd like to be in 50 states. Um, I don't know if that will be possible. The Northwest is really tough. It's less populous as well. So we don't have to have the geographic coverage that we do, say, on the Northeast. And I want more of this. I want it to be easier and more automated. There are a lot of people who need handholding in healthcare. In times of stress, people don't function as well. And, um, you know, I always want to have the concierge service in front. But the 20-year-old, 22-year-old who knows he has an ACL tear just needs the MRI to show his orthopedist before he gets it fixed. That person, it's going to be a more automated and quicker process to get scheduled. But, you know, we don't want to make this personless, complete automation. Uh, you know, we always want to have that direct care element um, in green imaging. Well, it's a beautiful story. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful integration of a very well thought out business strategy and using technology, but obviously the human touch. Kristen, with that in mind, folks that want to get a hold of you, what is the best and easiest way to do that? There are two easy ways. Uh, our website, www.greenimaging.net. You can look at the price ranges. You can upload your imaging order. And uh, we even can direct you to, if you want to use your insurance, if you've met your deductible, we can uh, direct you to a, an outpatient imaging center where you're going to have a lower contracted rate and that's a lower copay if that's applicable. So those things can be achieved on the website. You can also make an inquiry, ask general questions. If you just want to ask a radiologist a question, you can do that there. And then the other way is the old fashioned way, pick up the phone and call 713-524-9190 and you can talk with a live person. That's awesome. Kristen, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for your passion and for serving the community and for just creating a great company that adds impact and value to organizations, individuals with and without insurance. So thank you for your time and thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, Mike, thank you for educating people on the, the other options out there for healthcare. Oh, my pleasure. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you, Kristen. Great, take care. So you, if you've enjoyed this episode of Solving Healthcare, please enter your comments either on the podcast station that you're listening to or go to my website www.solvinghealthcare.net and please share this with people that might also be interested in learning more about how they can help their employees or help themselves with lower cost imaging and lower cost alternatives to traditional medicine. I'm Mike Andrade, the host of Solving Healthcare and I thank you so much for listening.